Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, let's dive into this. When rivers rise, when rivers rise, we're going to start in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Jesus had a thing or two to teach and speak on around rivers. Rivers were kind of important to him. I love this. It says on the last day, the climax of the festival, so the most important day, the final day, Jesus stands up and shouts to the crowds, anyone who's thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the, the Trinities, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you want to have an effectual Christian life, you need to know the Father through the Son and be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Now, it says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing him. But... The spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. So just because people had received Jesus or believed in Jesus, it doesn't mean they were filled with the spirit. Okay? That's why he had to die on a cross and not just die on the cross for your forgiveness, but he had to go into hell and defeat the devil, get the keys back, and reestablish your authority to operate in power. He always intended for you to represent him on the earth. He created you in his likeness. He created you in his image, and he intended for you and I to operate like him. But the fall came, and we lost the spirit, and we became carnal. We were just of the earth with the appetites of the flesh, and Jesus came to restore us back into the original intention where we had appetites for heaven, an appetite for God, an appetite for righteousness. And I want you to know something. Uh, Christianity is not just realizing you're bad and you're evil and you have a sinful nature. Yes, you do. And you had one, but that's why Jesus came to bring a righteous nature and put a righteous nature back inside of you and fill you back up with the Holy Spirit. So you have holy appetites. See, when I got saved, I got saved when I was 23 years old, and I was into everything that was wrong. In fact, most of my life revolved around this guy, and I was getting into all kinds of no good to satisfy my flesh. And I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of things that can satisfy your appetites. And all of us, I mean, the, the, the world just seems to get more and more crazy, more and more perverted, and less and less satisfying. <laughs> you find yourself, the more of this world you partake of, the more dissatisfied you are, and yet it's like drinking salt water and you get super thirsty, so you drink more salt water. That works out really well, you know what I mean? <laughs> salt water will kill you over time, but Jesus came that you would have living water. Not only that you would have it, but you actually would be a source of it. 
that it would come out of you. Not that you would just drink of it, but eventually that you would be the source of life. That was the intention. That's what, that's what Jesus had. That's why he was so powerful. That's why he was so effectual. That's why everywhere he went, he restored things and fixed things and brought life everywhere he went. He didn't just come to bring you life. He came to bring life through you. You're intended to operate like him. And so he had to go and pay a great price to buy you back so your engineering would work again. That's, that's the gospel. The gospel is you work again. You function again. You're potent again. You're healthy again. You're, you're revived again. You with us. Thank you, Pastor Mitchell. You're preaching that to our kids, right? In Revelation, this was also written by John. Okay, John wrote the, the, what I just shared, but he also wrote the book of Revelation. It says, then an angel showed him a river, a river with the water of life. The water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with fresh crops each month. The leaves were used for the medicine to heal the nation. Now, if you guys know and you're getting to know me, I mean, this is only our fourth Sunday, which is wild how quickly things are happening. And what we've always said is we're after health. We're not after crowds. We didn't come here. In fact, it's funny. We were told like the four tips of what not to do if you want to build a great church or a fast-growing church. Basically, um, don't preach on money. Um, don't preach on politics. <laughs> uh, don't go. Don't let the Holy Spirit loose. You know what I mean? And don't let women preach. We're like, screw that, man. We're going to build a freaking church, man. <laughs> Basically, those are all the things that we do is what we're told not to do. You know, we didn't, I'm just saying, like, we need, we need God in this Treasure Valley, and we're going to preach the Bible and let God do his thing. Um, in fact, everything that is intended and the only thing that actually builds the church has to have the power of the Holy Spirit in it. You take the power of the Holy Spirit out of the church and all you have is programs and all you have is guilt trips and all you have is social clubs. There's nothing wrong with great programs. We love excellence. We like things that are actually run well. We like good sound. Thank you, Chris Sheridan and Michael. We actually like it when it sounds good. But if there's no power in it, there's no life in it, there's no flow in it, like, I, I, I'm sorry, I need something that changes me. I just spent all week in the world, man. It's, I'm a little fatigued, and I need some life. Okay. So when I'm feeling really close to God, Pastor Ashley on the river, when I'm walking on the river, I can tell I'm close when he's given me an acronym to share. I just, I'm just telling you. And I could see the river rising, and I just felt that word rise. And, and I'm going to preach a little bit out of um, the, the rising of the river, which I really believe is, is a symbol. It's a symbol of spring. And Jesus is a sp symbol of spring as well, which means hope, which means new life which things that appeared dead are blossoming. Okay, it's very symbolic, very potent. There's a lot of life in you that you might have thought was over. And I'll tell you, when you get around Jesus, he'll draw things out of you that you thought might have been done. Seasons that were frustrating and painful, all of a sudden he's bringing new life out of. And 
Um, and that's really what we're after here. So I want to talk about the R in rise, and that's that rivers restore. If you want to know the heart of God for your life, for your family's life, for any area of your life, look at Jesus. He is the perfect embodiment of the Father's will for you. Everywhere he went, he did good and healed all. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Have you seen the devil at work in the culture we're in right now? Do you think he might be at play a little bit? Does, he, does your life end up better when you've given him any room in your world? Has he ever helped you do anything? No, the devil comes to kill and steal and destroy, and he's pretty good at it. And, and I would say deceive as well, because most of the time he lures us into our own demise. But Jesus came to break the back of the devil's grip on your life and put a new spirit in you and a new fire in you, a new life in you. That's what he came for. He's a restorer. In Galatians 6, it talks about those that are spiritual. If you're spiritual, you restore things too. That means you leave things better than you found them. That means when you show up, things that are broken and not working start working again. When, thing, when people have lost hope and lost courage, they start hoping again. They start being encouraged again. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be living life in the communities and families that we're called to. Good? So let's just pick it up here. This is John 4, 14 through 19. It says, those who drink, this is when he met the woman at the well. You can hear DNA going on up there. I kind of like it. And kids too. Flipping Mitchell with all your kids being rowdy back there. Yeah, they better be. They better be having fun. Um, this, is, this is where where I'm picking up the story is where he met the woman in Samaria by the well. May or may not know this story, but he, I love Jesus. He always encountered, encountered people where they were. He wasn't afraid to find people in broken conditions and broken places. He was unafraid of evil. He was unafraid of sickness. He was unafraid of death. He was unafraid of sin. There wasn't anything. In fact, I almost feel like he was on a mission to restore everything that wasn't working. Wow, that is actually the mission of God where the religious people would try to keep you away from everything that was bad, Jesus wanted you to touch everything that was dead and bring it back to life. So different from religion, Jesus was. In fact, the people he was most frustrated with often were the religious people. Yeah, don't touch that. Oh, don't help the children. Don't let the children come near you. Why are you letting this woman like worship with her hair and tears and perfume? Like always, always, always do not touch. Do not this. Do not that. And Jesus came and is like bringing life, bringing healing, bringing restoration. And to the most broken people in the most broken situations, Jesus has the power to restore. There's nothing that's God forsaken. No city, no person, no sin. There's nothing that he can't restore. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And he, he needs us to be carrying out a spirit that restores everything. So if you're truly spiritual, you will restore things. And if you want to grow and be a rising river, when rivers rise, that means when the spirit of God rises in you, you should restore things. Everything in your path should get better. I've had seasons where everything in my path 
got worse. I feel like if I touched it, it just immediately went south. And then God touched me and said, I'm going to change your whole nature to where the things you touch get better. That's what he came to do. Not just forgive you and get to heaven where there's no bad devil up there anymore. He actually wants you to defeat the devil. He defeated him, put his nature in you, and likes it when you put your foot on his neck. That's like, I swear that's his favorite thing. When like one of his children who's been up under the oppression of the the evil one all of a sudden gets an understanding that I was never intended to be up under the devil's control or demise or polluted thinking or perverted thinking. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing more humiliating to the devil than one of God's broken kids that he bought back and restored starts operating in authority. I'm telling you, this is the gospel. The gospel is that you've been brought back in to power. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Not that you're going to be jacked up the rest of your life, but you're going to go to heaven, brother. Yeah, you're still going to have stuff that you're going to deal with your whole life. You're still going to have things you're going to have to wrestle down. And, but you're going to grow in the spirit that's in you, and you're going to get more authority and confidence and bring more life. Okay. The Samaritan woman wasn't in a great place. Ever been not in a great place? An embarrassing place? A place you wouldn't really even tell people where you really were. He's just having a conversation. She's like, he says to her, but those who drink the water I give them will never thirst again. It'll become a fresh bubbling spring or a river within them, giving them eternal life. She's like, please, sir, please. The woman said, give me this water that I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. He says, go get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. (laughs) Hear Hear me. When Jesus came into my life, I was the most dysfunctional human on legs. And I don't I don't find, I don't read this through the lens of the woman at the well. I was, I was the man at the well that was completely using this world to try to satisfy my needs, and I was completely unsatisfied. So I don't look at that to judge somebody who's been divorced. I, that's not the way I look at it. I look at it as God trying to come into broken humanity and repair it, and, and I can relate Sometimes a whole lot more with broken humanity than I can with things that work. I've pl- I spent enough decades in broken stuff to know that I need, I'm tired of this. You with me? Okay. But what I love about Jesus is he didn't say, oh, yeah, I get it. It's a tough world out there. Yeah, that's okay. I get it. I understand your preferences and your desires. And I get it. I just compassion. I, I, I'm compassionate. That's the Jesus that you hear a lot of. No, no. He married love and compassion with truth. He's like, the way you're living isn't the way that God designed you to live. 
But until you get life inside of you, you'll never be able to get this thing straight. But I have life for you, even you who've messed up your life and have patterns. That's what I like. She had patterns of dysfunctional. Anybody with me? I want you to know when Jesus comes in, he actually breaks cycles and patterns of dysfunction and brings life. Imagine if you could perpetrate or carry forward, have posterity for your family lineage health. I don't know about you, but I've inherited enough dysfunction. I'd like my kids to inherit things like confidence and life. That can happen if I allow God in to change and reorient me back towards health. He, he, listen, Jesus will call things that are broken, broken. And I want you to know that about him. He's incredibly loving and incredibly kind. But in the world we're in, we have to preach truth. I'm sorry if you're four years old and you want to change your gender. That, that's not healthy. And I want you to know about Jesus. He's not just going to say, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, was, I saw one the other day. It was so funny. He's like, when I was five, I wanted to be a pirate. I'm glad my p- parents didn't take me down and chop off the bottom of my leg and gouge my eye out and give me a hook. I was five. Like, uh, like I- I'm confused. Like, this, listen, the world we're in is confusing. And, and the, the machine, the systems, the rhetoric of the day is only adding more and more confusion. I want you to know Jesus is very compassionate. He doesn't judge people that are living in a certain way, but he certainly doesn't tolerate things that are going to destroy you. And when you're going down a pathway of destruction, he will lovingly tell you the truth. And I want you to know there is a church here that will speak the truth. We will speak the truth in not just to people, but to society. You want to say, well, well, you should honor all those in authority. Okay. How about John the Baptist? How honorable was he to Herod when Herod was sleeping with his brother's wife? He spoke the truth and got thrown in prison for it and beheaded. But Jesus never confronted John the Baptist about being dishonorable. People in authority should be honorable, and our job is to speak truth and demand that healthy leaders operate in righteousness. I'm going to tell you, we will speak the truth. We, we push nerves. We speak out about pretty much everything. Because friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you, wa- if you want to think that Jesus was just a friend of the world, no, no, no. He was a friend of sinners who were ensnared by the systems of the world. And so he brought them out of the world system and brought them into a new government. Oh, he, he hates to see people damaged and destroyed by the systems of this world. And the systems of this world are destroying us. That's why we have to come out. That's why we need water in us. Religion will never conform you into the likeness of God. Only his life will. That's why you have to be born again, born of the spirit. We got through the R. <laughs> Nate, you think we can do this? Is it possible? The I. The I. A river has intention. It's funny. We, um, anybody turn their sprinklers on in the last couple weeks? You know what I'm talking about? Did anybody have any, like, broken heads that were, like, leaking? And, you know, I remember one time, I think it was a year ago, we were, and uh, one of our, one of our sprinklers in our our uh, yard was having a little party. <laughs> Looked like revival. Looked like a God spa. 
It was pretty powerful. I'm certain God, they were certain that little 10 foot uh, plot of grass was certain they were in revival. The problem is, is that that uh, irrigation system was never meant to just be a little God spa. It was actually meant to irrigate that whole corner of the yard. But because they lost the purpose of the river, which is to irrigate and had intended to bring life, and they started to just be this little God party. Imagine the early apostles locking themselves in a room, in the upper room, and just never coming out. Yeah, we've been in here for freaking two years. God's moving. I, listen, we are going to build a church that sees the presence of God, and we're going to have prayer meetings where the power of God's come. We're going to have upper rooms. But they didn't stay in the upper room. A river's intended purpose is to irrigate the world, not to have a little God spa. Not to have a bunch of hippies hanging out for, for, you know, months straight in the presence of God. You know what happens when you do that? You get kind of weird. You do. Because you have all this power hitting your life for what? Power has purpose associated with it. Power is to go into the world and light it up and restore it. So we're going to have incredible encounters with God consistently. We're going to stoke the fires of his presence and worship and prayer. And then we're going to go into the world with power, with conviction, with answers, with solutions. And then we're going to get out of the world and be like, dang, it's hard out here. They don't like me. There's persecution out here. I tried to challenge somebody or a system. I tried to bring change and I was persecuted. I was called the intolerant one. I was called the hater of people. And I'm realizing that's difficult. I better go back to prayer. Not so I can stay here in my little God spa shelter and never go back out into the big bad world. It's so that I can get power again to go into the world and bring effect, bring change, bring shift. Remember, they were the apostles. They went back into prayer. They went into the upper room. The Holy Spirit hits them. They go back out in the world, and they realize quickly they needed to go back and forth. They were shaken in the world. Then they got into prayer, and the doorposts shook, making them unshakable. God wants to put something unshakable in you. The only way you'll ever change the world is if the things that shake the world don't shake you. River has intention. It's not for you to be a little swamp. It's for you to be a conduit of life. That means you're connected to a source and you're bringing water into the tributaries of your world. That's, that's a river's intention. The next is a river serves. Flip. Not sure I can do it, Nate. trying to get people out here on time it's a beautiful sunny day come on come on pastor you, you got this the s is that a river is designed to serve okay that means everywhere the river flows it should bring life and um i re recently had read a story about uh, mother Teresa in 1988 she was in um tijuana mexico and she was serving God, serving orphans. And 
she's actually considered one of the greatest Christian service um, people of our day. She's, she's a hero. Um, and she just gave her entire life to serving. And, but she also became very controversial. And she was one of the people that stood up to Hillary Clinton, who likes to kill babies. And, and Mother Teresa says, don't kill babies, give them to me. I'll take care of them. I value life in a political system that values death and values convenience. She stood up and said, oh, we'll raise the babies. Give them to me. Give them to me. Well, this couple in um, 1988, Barbara and Terrence Castor, they owned a, a public storage company. Pretty bland, pretty common. Not the kind of thing you show up at a party and say, what do you do? <laughs> public storage company. All the junk that you've been keeping that you didn't move, you moved into that place. I'm profiting off of you. <laughs> no, but anyway, they got down and they're meeting with Mother Teresa down in Tijuana before she was Mother T. She was, I don't know what she was there, Sister T. I don't know. This is before she was like, and they were so enamored by her serve. She was like a river that was serving the poor. And I'll tell you, when the river of God is in you, you serve people. You, have a, you don't have an agenda for yourself. You have an agenda to benefit people. They were so blown away by Mother Teresa's agenda. She just existed to serve. And they were like, oh my gosh, I, I'm done with public store, storage and I'm done with business. I'm, I'm going to quit and go join Mother Teresa. You know what she said? She says, you're missing it. How are we going to serve more orphans if you don't, you have a gift for business on your life. Instead of surrendering your business and joining me, why don't you build your business and join me? So she sent them back to San Diego and they built one of the largest public storage companies in the world and they began to fund the mission. And so instead of, we used to think like you could only do like holy things for God and what Mother Teresa taught them is everything you do is holy, just hitch it to what God's doing. That's why we have vision builders, babe. Vision builders is where we hitch our business to build the kingdom, to build the kingdom. And what I love about it is it makes, it's my third my fourth point, I did this. We did it, thanks to Nate, is that rivers are eternal. Rivers are eternal. And listen, eternity doesn't begin when you get to heaven. Eternity begins when heaven gets inside you. Remember what they taught was that God puts his treasure, his eternity in jars of clay. For the casters, for Barbara and Terrence, it was a jar of a, a, a common business, carrying an uncommon life. A river of provision was flowing through a public storage business to finance the kingdom of God. And what I want us to see is oftentimes the river of God actually doesn't want you to leave everything that's common. He doesn't want to leave you the sports world and he doesn't want you to stop playing sports and become a pastor. He, he, he wants you to surrender your life, whatever it is, even if it's secular. Our son plays soccer at the Barcelona Academy right now. 
all for the glory of God. He's surrendered a sports career to be used by God to have platform and influence to impact his world, his sphere. It's his passion. It's his drive. It's his hunger. What I've found is that God is looking for your common so his eternity can flow through it. He hides his treasure in jars of common. Come on. Can we let the river rise in us a little bit? Well, let's bow our head, close our eyes. We're wrapping up here. We pulled it off somehow, some way. It's a great Sunday. I feel a lot of life in here. It feels like every Sunday, uh, I don't know, just growing. It's like, if you're here, though, and... Um, you know, you might know God or you might have heard of God or you might even believe in him. But you would certainly say that there's not a river in me. You know, there's not something that's powerful that's flowing through my life. You, would, you wouldn't say like, God, I feel your power. I feel like when I touch things, they get restored. And, but you're like realizing today you actually would prefer that when people touch you, and when you touch people, that there would be a flow of life coming from you. And if you're here and you really want to give your life to the one that will bring you life, and you know who you are. You, you know. You know if that spirit is in you, that power is in you, that overcoming power is in you. You know who you are, but you also know if it's not. This is just religion. This is just what my parents taught me. This is just, you know, but it's not my own personal connection. If that's you and you want that relationship, that personal connection with the life source of the universe, Jesus Christ, I just want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to know who you are. Sir, I see you back there. What courage you have. What, a, what an extraordinary man you are. I can just see can see good things on you, sir. Who else? Sir, I, yep. I see you. Beautiful. In the beautiful black dress. I see you. I feel like there's maybe one or two more. Listen, don't think if you give your life to him that he's going to do something lame with it. He's the engineer. He built you. No one knows what you were built for like him. It's time to surrender to him so that he can optimize the engineering that's so extraordinary. One more second. Is there one more person I'm waiting on? One more person. You know, yeah, I knew it, sir. I like the stubborn ones. I like the guys that are just not just jumping in. I'm telling you, sir, there's something special on your life. You're not going to be disappointed. You're in a new season. You're carrying a lot of weight. feels heavy sometimes. You want to do the right thing, but sometimes it feels heavy. I'm going to tell you God's going to help you. He's going to be a source of life. And the things that are going to come out of your mouth are going to be encouraging. That's been challenging lately. But I just see a shift coming over you. I see a shift. You're going to bring life into your family. And you're going to bring life everywhere you go. Oh, man, I love the presence of God. Let's all stand up.
Let's give a quick hand to those that are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Um, I'm going to pray a prayer real quick. Just repeat after me. We're all going to pray as a family. And those of us that uh, are praying this for the first time, I want you to expect God to come into your heart and begin to turn the, the river on. Nothing like him. There's nothing like him. No one like him. Repeat after me. Uh, Father God, thank you for loving us, designing us in your image. Thank you for paying a price to purchase us back. That price tag was your son's only, your son's blood. I apply that price tag to my life, to my heart. I receive you, Jesus, as my savior. And I choose to make you my master. Today, I want to be born of the spirit. Let your life fill me like a river in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Last thing, last thing. Who in here wants more of that living water? Like you want, you want the river to rise in you. Like you want, you want it to grow and be stronger in you. Just put your hands up and we're going to close on this. Yeah, it's pretty much all of us. Father God, I just say this is a season where the river is rising. And I say everybody in this room, I see more life, more potency, more effectiveness, more hope, more clarity, more power more confidence, more courage, more backbone. Somebody here I see, you, you, you've known that you need to speak up. It's a certain situation that you have not spoken up and you know you're convicted deeply to speak up and you haven't. And I don't know if it's in a work situation or if it's a, a, a online um, friendship where you've just been silent. And I just see God's going to put a courage inside of you where you're going to get your voice back. And, and you're not going to be hateful and mean you're going to have wisdom. You're going to have wisdom, but you're also going to have conviction. And listen, 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 you, you got to hear me. I see somebody's, somebody that you don't even think is part of the equation is going to be the person that's rescued because you speak up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's piping off in your circle and you haven't said anything. And it's not the person who's piping off. It's even the concern. It's the person who's, who's in that circle that you're gonna, your voice is going to rescue. And so I just release courage and blessing and the rising river in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.